Hey, it's Aaron. And I'm Sarah. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. And good evening. And good evening. Yes. Um, and it really is evening this time because... For real, because we're a little late. We're today. a little late. <laughs> it was a week. It was a day. It was a night. It was all those things. So, yeah. It was a year. It's been a year. <laughs> and, it, and it's just started. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's... What is it? January... What's today? 23rd? It's January 472. Yeah. Yeah. Day 4,700. Um, and episode 43 for us, though. Yes. We're killing it. Yeah. We're so, killing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of impressed with us. I mean, if no one else is impressed with us, I'm impressed <laughs> with us. If you're listening out there and you're impressed by us. <laughs> Send us an email. Good segue. At 31 nights is Carrie Shit at gmail.com. <laughs> Just shameless publicity. Yeah. Shamelessly throwing a Gmail out there and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I like this episode for two reasons. One is I think it's kind of different because usually someone's getting murdered and no one gets murdered in this episode. Are we certain of that? Yes. Okay. Splendid. So this is not a murder story. It's just scary and kind of weird. I don't even know if it's scary. It's, it's just unusual. It's like oh, what? It's like a WTF. Like what? Like you still don't know. At the end of it, you're like, what happened? And the thing is, the people involved don't seem to know what happened either. So everyone's just—it's <laughs> a confusion story. It was a confusing time for everyone involved. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't even call it a mystery. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> story it's a very (laughs) weird story that no one has any information about so i'm gonna love it so why am i doing it the the thing is a lot of people have covered the story and honestly i was listening to other people and i'm like well i'm not worried about doing it because they've all said literally the same thing which is nothing so (laughs) so if you don't if you want to listen to nothing continue listening yeah, it's like the Seinfeld episode where the show was about nothing. This is about nothing. So I'm going to go ahead and, and get started. So this is about an Australian family. Um, and I want to pre- I want to say preemptively, I am saying Trump, T-R-O-M-P, not Trump. I would, okay, just letting you know, it's the Trump family. Um, by all accounts, the Trump family are, were and are very good, hardworking people. They had established a successful red currant farm and an earth moving business on their property. Red currant berries. Oh, 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 oh! Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying the fancy term. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so on their property, property in Sylvan in Melbourne, Australia, um, they had three adult children who worked along with them on the farm seven days a week. So these are hardworking folks. Oh, oh, they're like cool people. Yeah. Like- I mean, living their life, hardworking. Very hardworking, it seems. Um, now, according to some things that I've heard, um, it's kind of a of commonplace for Aussie families to like take road trips of great length because it's a beautiful place really to see. I mean, I've never been there, but you know, they like to enjoy their the landscape I and, love that. and all that it has to offer. So it didn't seem unusual for this family to pile into their car and have a road trip because that's what families do, right? That's kind of adorable. Though. Yeah. However, this was not your usual road trip. Um, I would imagine after working seven days a week like that, they would need some R&R. Oh, yeah. And you sure. might want to take a trip. I mean, I like to take a day trip. Um, but this is not what I envision when a family takes an outing together. So 
why would this seemingly healthy and stable family inexplicably flee their farm? And I will explain why it seemed that they fled. Um, and the hunt for this family captivated the Australian media. And police sergeant Mark Knight called it the most bizarre case he had witnessed in 30 years. And I would say, again, the most bizarre case in which nothing happened. So, so there's definitive evidence that they fled. Yes. Sort oh, of. Oh, wow. Sort of. Okay. I mean, sort of. I mean, I don't know. So, kind of. Yeah. On Monday, August 29, 2016, oh, God. the Trump family, father, um, not father, he wasn't a priest, but the father, Mark, uh, 51, Jacoba, or otherwise known as Kobe, 53, <clears throat> and their three adult children, Rihanna, 29, Mitchell, 25, and Ella, 22, embarked on a roughly 1,600-kilometer road trip. Um. There were some things, as you asked, that suggested that they fled in a hurry. Um, they left behind their cell phones, their wallets, and credit cards—things that one would probably take when they oh, were going yeah, that's not good. when they were going at great length. Um, they also left their house unlocked. Who does that when they're um, yeah? What? Unless you leave in a hurry. Um, and this was 2016. Yeah. Yeah. No. No one leaves. Their um. Also lost. odd because it's really hard to do anything without a phone and a credit card these days. I mean, you yeah. sign up for things. I mean, no matter what you do, it seems you need a credit card, even if you're yeah. not going to be charged. So it's a little weird. Yeah. Very bizarre. Um. There were also financial documents relating to their business found in piles, as if they were looking for something. Oh, I don't like and, that. And organized into into a certain fashion. Um. So it appeared that they had had fled in a hurry. Um. They piled into Ella's. I guess it's a, a Peugeot SUV. And they traveled north for a, quote, cash-only, off-the-grid trip. Oh, I don't like that. Cash-only? Yeah. That's well, never a good sign. We're assuming they had cash with them. They didn't take any credit cards. At Warburton, approximately 30 kilometers from the home, Mitchell's parents made him toss his cell phone because they thought they were being tracked. Okay. Okay, so it sounds like something's going on. All right. Um, and as of right now, we have no context. To understand why any of this is Right. Happening. You will, okay. though. Eventually. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> kind of. And you said no one dies. No one dies. Okay. This is weird. They're all, all right. alive and well. All right. Toss them a cell phone because they're being tracked. Okay. The family drove throughout the day and night to the New South Wales town of Bathurst, which was approximately 800 kilometers away to the west of Sydney. From there, Mitchell Trump dips out. He leaves his family. Seems that whatever was causing the panicky behavior of his parents, Mitchell was not about it or was not affected by it and had had enough and just left. Um, he would later say he regretted not sticking around because he thought maybe he could have reasoned with them. So whatever was going on. And again, it's not like I'm leaving things out. No one, when they talk to the family afterwards, no one's able to offer a whole lot of like, Explanation. what were the conversations about? What exactly what, you know, and, and yeah. it might've even been that the kids were showing some restraint, but Mitchell doesn't say much about like what, why he left. That's weird. Was he just annoyed? You know, I mean, he's a young guy, you know, his parents told him to throw out his cell phone. Maybe he's pissed. You know what I mean? But anyways, he leaves. But like, there should be an explanation. So at he, least request. So we find out later that he took a series of trains and he goes back home. He goes back home to, to their house. So Tuesday, August 30th, I'm going to do this by the days uh, chronologically here. The remaining four trompers. <laughs> yeah, I came up with that. Yes. Headed to the Janolan Caves, which is a popular tourist spot. Odd. If you're trying to stay off the grid, why are you going to a tourist spot? I find that strange. From there, Rihanna and Ella dip out by stealing a car. <laughs> the two sisters steal a car. Again, 
we don't know what the conversation is or what forces them to, to, to make this decision. This is just fucking weird. They drove to the town of Goldburn and then they report their parents as missing. It's like, but uh, you left, but you the, left them. The, see, again, I, I don't know. What? Get stranger. So at this point, like, the media catches wind, right? In Goldburn, Rihanna and Ella split up. Again, why? Was there an argument? We don't know. Ella wanted to go home to feed her horses. Ella was the first to return to the Sylvan home on Tuesday night. It seems whatever was impacting her parents and her her sister's state of mind had not affected her to the same extent. She said, bae, I want to go feed the horses. Um, I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall (laughs) on that conversation of what happens. Like, okay, I'm I'm leaving. I just wish you could describe my face. Like, I'm just so confused. Well, yeah, and they stole a car. (laughs) It's like, I'm leaving you with the stolen car. Okay. So Ella Trump arrives back home Tuesday night and the police are there, you know, at this point because they've reported the, the parents missing. So now it's like, okay, somebody needs to check this out. The home was found unlocked and was in kind of disarray. They did find evidence. They, they felt that the Trumps had gone through years of their farm's financial records. There were piles of documents and passports and credit cards for each family member. Why was that just sitting out? Um, police believed that they had been searching for something. And why would you find those things and then not take them with you? Exactly. So on Wednesday, August 31st, Mitchell arrives home after taking a series of trains in the morning. Meanwhile, Rihanna Trump, this is so bizarre, is found in the back of Keith Whitaker's Ford F-250. Keith was driving when he felt a kick coming from his back seat. Oh, that's horrifying. That's why you, I don't like that. That's why you check your car. I always turn around and check, even though I know it was locked. When he stopped, he found Rihanna in what he described as a catatonic or unresponsive kind of state. She didn't know who she was or where she was. So Whitaker calls the police because he's he's concerned. Thank God he wasn't some creep. You know, this guy was actually really nice. You know, he was like, oh my God, what's wrong with this girl? You know what I mean? Thank God it wasn't some person that was going to completely take advantage of the situation. So she does go to the hospital and she gets treated for stress, you know, induced trauma or something like that. So... Meanwhile, the quote-unquote disappearance of Mark, Jacoba, and Rihanna had sparked media interest, so now there's a search. There's an interstate search. Meanwhile, Mark and Jacoba, they're still together. They drive back toward Melbourne, um, away from the, er, back toward Melbourne from the Janolan Caves, and then they go to Wangaratta, and they separate. Again, I don't know why. Wednesday, August 31st, there's a reported sighting of Mark Trump. You're going to love this. So Mark and Jacoba had driven to Wangarata. They separated. Jacoba heads north. Why? I don't know. Mark remains in Wangarata. Mark is involved in this incident, which he scares the crap out of a young couple by tailgating them. Oh, God. Um, Of all things, they were playing Pokemon Go. Um, When they noticed that a vehicle bearing the same description that Mark Trump had been driving was following them. Whenever they would pull over, he would pull over. Um... Finally, Mr. Trump got out of the vehicle and ran towards the couple. Um, he stops in the middle. I can picture, I can vi- like envision this. He stops in the middle of the road and just stares at them. And they're like, okay, what the hell? Then he walks into Marawa Park. I don't know. Oh, I think I feel like I left some letters off of there. But he walks into a nearby park and vanishes. Disappears. Police search the park. They don't find anybody. I guess it's a pretty large area, so it's not like it's a tiny little community park. I guess it's a pretty large area, but they don't find them. The car's found with the keys still in the ignition. 
Um, the police investigate uh, Miller's Cottage Motel in Wangaratta, where a room had been broken into, and they think Mark Drop might have stayed in this motel. On Thursday, September 1st, Jacoba Trump took public transportation to Yass, which is about 350 kilometers away, and she tried to book a motel. She was wandering the streets, kind of in a confused state, um, and a good Samaritan stops to help her and gets her to a hospital. Um, the hospital staff recognizes her, and they call the police, and then Jacoba is sent to Goldborn to the same hospital where her daughter Rihanna is receiving treatment for stress-induced trauma. So they both receive care for a mental health episode, essentially. On Saturday, September 3rd, so I don't know what happens Friday, Mark Trump is found wandering down a road in Wangaratta near an airport in the early evening. When police question him, they give him a mental health assessment. He spends five hours with police. Then he's released into the custody of his brother, who's a police officer. Um, and as he's leaving, he gives them the media the middle finger. There's a, there's a photo of him that like was all over. And he's just like, yeah, up yours, you know. The following day... <clears throat> Mitchell and Ella speak to media and they thank the police for finding their dad. They don't offer much explanation at all about what happened. They just say, we're confused. We don't know. Mitchell said he had never witnessed his parents acting like this before. He assured people his dad isn't dangerous and he, he just wants them to return home safely. So we're, it's like, okay. Mark Trump does apologize later for the hurt and concern that his actions have caused. And he thanks the community for the resources that were provided to find him and his family. Um, the police don't really think the family was ever in any real danger. So what caused the Trumps to flee? Leaving behind cell phones and credit cards. Why did Mitchell leave his family and return to their home in Sylvan after one day? Why did Ella abandon her sister and return home? Why did both Jacoba and Rihanna Trump have to receive mental health care? So many questions. Let's look at some of the possibilities. Jesus. So the family had no previous um, instance of reported mental illness. There was no sign of the family using any drugs, having any outstanding debts, or being a part of a church or a cult. So what the F, right? Huh. Theory one, potentially poisoned by environmental toxins on their farm, causing them to have delusions. I don't know. I don't know how well that was investigated, but maybe. Theory two, someone really was after the Trump family at one point. Um, the family, it seemed like, had planned to flee the country. If necessary, they change their minds because their passports could be tracked. Seems unlikely, though, since they're alive and well, and also the kids bolted and they didn't go look for them. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Theory three. I'm going to spend a little time on this. Philia do, which means madness of two. I'm going to read this exactly because I don't know how to paraphrase this kind of information. So I took this exactly from um, A&E Real Crime. Madness of two or folly ado is a rare psychological condition that can affect close families. This term was coined, coined when a married French couple believed that intruders were spreading dust and lint throughout their home, wearing their shoes while they slept. Horrifying. The tromps seem to be reinforcing each other's behavior, and over 90% of folly ado have been couples, parents, and children or siblings. Um, a French psychiatrist or French psychiatrist named Jean-Pierre Falbray and Ernest Charles La Segu? La Segu? I don't know. Wonderful. For, first described a shared psychiatric disorder or filet in 1877, referring to delusional beliefs that transfer from a primary individual to one or more individuals or secondaries. Um, Brian H 
Haloida, a forensic psychiatrist who has studied cult behavior and cult members' efforts to utilize the insanity defense in connection with fully ado, says there are certain characteristics that will make a secondary more susceptible to a primary's influence. These include emotional immaturity, dependence on others, social isolation, mental illness, cognitive deficits, impaired intelligence and judgment, and the duration or nature of the relationship. Longer duration and closer bonds are more commonly seen in these cases. Primaries tend to be more dominant in the relationship where secondaries are passive and receptive to the primaries delusional material and directives. This is quote from Haloida who spoke with A&E Real Crime. So I'm going to give you some true crime examples of Folia do, and then you can tell me what you think because I have a very strong opinion about this. So we actually watched a documentary on this one time. It was a little slow, but um, this couple of lovebirds named Elizabeth Hasem and Yen Soaring, he was, um, they were young. Remember he had the, he he was, I don't know how to describe it, but we watched a documentary. We were like, this kind of slow, but Elizabeth Hasem convinced her boyfriend Yen Soaring to help her murder her parents. Uh, Yen stated that Elizabeth had, quote, psyched him up to murder her parents. Soaring was actually diagnosed as having fully ado while he was awaiting trial. I guess that would apply to, I don't know, Gypsy Rose and her boyfriend, whom she convinced to murder her mother. Would that apply to anyone who convinces someone to murder someone? I don't know. I'm a bit confused on this one. I think it's probably different. Like, it probably depends on the level. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so in the case of Soaring and Hasem, both of them had troubled home lies, which was revealed in their love letters to each other. Hasem's letters revealed that she really wanted her parents to die. Hasem was also diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. She was considered the more dominant of the pair, so she would be the primary, where Soaring was more of a submissive personality. Um, Soaring's psychiatrist said that his dependent and immature personality traits made him more apt to believe Hasem's pathological lies. That's, so that's example one. Um, Michael and Dennis Ryan, um, they were members of a survivalist cult. So Michael Ryan was a white supremacist who led a survivalist cult in Nebraska in the 1980s. His teenage son, Dennis, was a member. Ryan, like many doomsday cultists, believed that he was receiving instructions from God and he encouraged his followers to reject established government. And I say blah, blah, blah. It seems like there's a lot of these people. Long story short, Ryan's fanaticism culminated in the torture and killing of five-year-old Luke Stice, a cult member's son, and also the murder of James Tim, another cult member. Ryan convinced his son Dennis to shoot James Tim. Dennis's defense attorney used fully ado as a defense. He stated Dennis was frightened, confused, and seemed way younger than his years. He was not able to communicate much. It was apparent to Dennis's lawyer he had been completely under his father's control and that he was mentally ill. Ultimately, that de- the defense was that Dennis was so brainwashed, um, it affected his ability to refuse to carry out the order by his father. He was sentenced to life initially, but later received a new trial on a technicality. And after serving 12 years in prison, he was released in 1997. So Felia was used in that case as well. You might know this one. Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris, the toolbox killers. Oh, yeah. In 1979, these two assholes abducted, tortured, and murdered five teenage girls. They were dubbed the toolbox killers because of the variety of torture weapons they used inside of their van that they called the Murder Mac. These two assholes met while they were in prison in 1977 and shared their twisted and sadistic fantasies with each other involving young girls. Bitteker, the more dominant one, expressed a desire to kill. Supposedly, Norris had objected to killing their first victim, Lucinda Schaefer, but Bitteker insisted it must be done. John Douglas said Bitteker was the most frightening individual he had ever profiled. Coming from him, yikes. I'm like, really? 
So a leading expert also concluded that these two asswipes are a perfect case of folly ado, and the murders would not have happened if they wouldn't have teamed up. And I'm oh like... Isn't that like, um... Oh, God. I hope you oh. say it. It might be my next oh one. Oh, God, why can't I think... It's, uh... Oh, fuck. Oh. If you say it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very happy. Bernardo and... Uh, oh, well, I think then Bernardo and Homoka. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Who are you going to say that? Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Oh, yeah. That was going to be another one. Hillside yeah. Stranglers. Yeah. But, you know, okay. Anyway, I, here's the craziest one though. So in May of 2008 on England's M6 motorway, twins, identical twins, Sabina and Ursula Erickson, 40 year old identical Swedish twins walked down the center of a highway, climbed over the safety barrier, and then walked into traffic. This was all captured on camera. It's horrible. I watched it. By a cameraman from the BBC reality show, Motorway Cops. The cops attempt to restrain the sisters when they get to them, but they both bolt into traffic. Ursula dives underneath the wheels of an oncoming semi-trailer. Sabina hurls herself into the path of a small hatchback car. I've heard this. Sabina was spouting off at police saying things like, you're not the real police and they're trying to steal your organs. Both survive. Ursula was hospitalized for three months due to her injuries, but Sabina was released after only five hours. Big mistake. Sabina wanders the streets and meets a good Samaritan named Glenn Hollingshead. He's a 54-year-old welder who's out walking his dog with a buddy of his. Sabina said she's searching for her sister and she's look, just looking for a motel. Given that Sabina looked like she was probably in need of a good meal and a bath and needed a place to stay, he invites her to his house for a warm meal and says, yeah, you can stay here for the night. Uh, Glenn's friend Peter was like, eh, I feel a bit uneasy about this chick, but I mean, she was behaving kind of oddly. Um, she offered the two friends cigarettes and then would take them back saying, these might be poisoned. Peter didn't... Yeah, Peter didn't stick around, unfortunately, and the worst happens. Sabina stabs Glenn to death with a kitchen knife. Horrifying. Sabina pleads guilty to manslaughter in 2009, and she's sentenced to five years in prison. The defense argued that Sabina was a sufferer of folia due under the influence of her more dominant twin. The judge ruled she had lower culpability in the crime due to her mental illness. Eh, I don't know. I'm not sure I like this defense, but I'm not an expert. So supposedly Mark and Jacoba, Trump, believed someone was out to rob and kill them. Apparently the they and Rihanna suffered from this shared delusion, and that's what sparked this bizarre behavior. Um, if this is in fact a, a real case of folly ado, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to judge them. I don't know them, obviously. So there could be more that we don't know, but it kind of looks like that. Yeah. When Ella was asked what prompted the trip, Ella merely said, I don't know. It's very confusing. I still feel confused. I think our state of mind wasn't in the best place and uh, there's no one reason for it. It's just bizarre. That's what she says. The strange road trip covered almost a thousand miles and uh, no one knows why. Supposedly it was later revealed that Mark had suffered some kind of a breakdown, but there doesn't seem to be any information about whether or not they were in any kind of hot, hot water with dangerous people. Um, and then one of the daughters did an interview with women's day, but I didn't really look into that, but I also want to want to note that people who said it was the, who said it was probably a publicity stunt. There's no evidence of that because they 
they did not, the, she did an interview, but the interview really didn't reveal much. And the thing is they didn't do any TV appearances. It's not like there's a book, a movie. They seem to be like, uh, we're embarrassed and don't want to talk about it. So it's not like they really gained financially from this. It was almost like, uh, we don't want to talk about it. And no one's heard really much about them since. So, um, what a weird fucking story. Yeah, it's a story where, like, nothing happens, but yet something happened, and you're like, I don't get it. But honestly, I, I listened to the interviews with the kids, and they're just like, um, yeah. Like, does it mean something, or does it mean nothing? Right. But, you know, and I don't know if they're uncommunicative because they don't want to be, or they're just really like, like, you know what I mean? Did they black out in a haze? Now, Mitchell, the son, he... I mean, he left so early in the trip. I don't, he really didn't witness anything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to say he didn't witness anything, but he, you know, he wasn't there when the girls stole the car, Yeah. you know? So because they separated, it doesn't seem like there's coherence to the story, but it, it sounds like the father was going through something. So, but I guess they're all alive and well, and um, at least no one died. Right. You know, I guess, but like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, I know, I know. Yes, yeah. it's a mystery. It is, but like, it's a it's, head scratcher. It's it's definitely something. Yeah, it's definitely weird. Something definitely a weird story, but that's fully a do. I mean, can't you say that about any crime duo? I mean, I know it has to do with shared delusion. I I get that, and I and I know, especially with like a parent and a child. Yeah. Well, like Gypsy Rose, her mother and her had a shared yeah. delusion. You know. Um, and I, and I do believe that to an extent, but yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like you tell me to murder somebody. Am I fully a do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, Bizarre. how do you prove that the person really was d delusional or they just were like, yeah, I just want to do it. You know? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't think, way, that, I guess you can't. Yeah. I don't think it's used that often, but those were a couple of cases where they actually did not that the people got away with it. They didn't, but the, those were actual legit court cases, but I guess it is pretty hard to use that as a defense. And I think yeah. they took it out of the DSM five that it's not like it's referenced under shared delusions, but I don't think they call it like an actual mental illness. So oh, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. It's just like, it, it, it could be a shared delusion. It's just a thing that has happened. Yeah. So weird. That's that. That is the Trump. The not Trump. Trump. The Trump family. Yeah. If the Excellent tr job. Well, if the Trump family disappeared, I wouldn't be reporting on it. So, because no, I would no, just. Because it would be well deserved. Because I would just not give a shit. Sorry to those of you who are listening to us. No, I'm not sorry. If you're listening no, to if us. If you're a Trump supporter, fuck off. Yeah, if we you're, hate you. Yeah, if you're. Don't even listen to but us. anyway. Now this is a political podcast. Now <laughs> anyway, friends, we need you to follow us on Twitter at Scary Shit Pod, and we need you to follow us on Instagram at Thirty One Nights of Scary Shit, and we need you to subscribe on things and like rate us on things because we need them ratings, friends. We're on podcast.com. It's really easy to just go there. Yeah, it's a free account. Like it's like really user friendly, and like I was listening to um doug loves films i think is what it is and it's like uh that guy that gets high all the time i can't remember his last name he's a comedian doug's benson doug benson mm. and he gets high and watches movies and like it's that's pretty cool. good it's pretty good anyway uh we hope you uh stay spooky bye goodbye <laughs>